is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Jesus tried again, and church, we're going to have to keep trying. We're going to have to keep pushing forward in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to have to keep lifting up the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ because, ladies and gentlemen, it is the only hope for America today. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to Luke chapter 17, reading the same passage we read from last week, Luke 17 verse 11, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They're not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And I want to continue with the message we started last week. Thy faith has made thee whole. At a given point in time during the last few months of Jesus' ministry, the Bible says that Jesus set his face steadfastly toward Jerusalem. That's in Luke chapter 9 and verse 51. With the cross ever looming, In the distance, Jesus, knowing that Jerusalem was the place where he would be crucified, he set his face toward that end. Now, if you and I today knew that something tragic would befall us at a certain place at a given time, I don't know about you, but I know this old boy would try to avoid that place. And you would probably do the same. But Jesus, knowing that he would be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and would then be nailed to an old rugged cross, he set his face 
still toward that end. To suffer one of the most painful, agonizing deaths that mankind could ever imagine and hell could ever devise. He was determined. He was determined. That's what it means. When he set his face, he was determined to go to the cross. He was not going to let anything deter him. Despite all the opposition and anger and all the things that would come against him, he was determined to go to that cross for you and I. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you today that you and I are going to have to be determined in these last days to set our eyes toward the cross of Christ. Jesus said that if you're going to come after me, you're going to have to deny yourself. And you're going to have to take up the cross daily and follow me. I'm mighty afraid that this election has gone in a way we were not hoping for. Unless these cases, these lawsuits brought forth, unless they go in the right way and some things are overturned, we're looking to have a new president in January. A lot of questions about this, and I'm sure it's on your mind this morning as well as mine. Why? Why has God allowed this first of all I believe that Jesus Christ has to be the center point the focal point of the church Jesus Christ has to be the center point the focal point of you that has to be your that's what you center on that's what you focus on And I'm mighty afraid that much of the church has been focused on an individual rather than the Lord Jesus Christ. Plus also let me say this, and I'm drifting way off from my sermon now. It's not in any of my notes, but I'm speaking from my heart. We've had four years of Donald Trump. A time of great blessing like this country has never known before. And what has the church done with it? For the past nine months or more, the church has gone through, as well as the rest of the country, this coronavirus situation. And I do not believe the church, and when I say that term church, I'm not talking about Friendship. I'm talking about as a whole. I do not believe the church has responded and reacted in the way that it should have concerning the coronavirus situation. And what do I mean by that? The church used to pray about stuff like this. We used to come to the altar and pray about these types of things and and. 
You know, there was a day when the message of repentance was preached in the church, but the message has not been repentance. It's been about when we come out on the other side and all that, you know, when, when, when things get better and better. And there's nothing wrong with a message that is encouraging. But let me encourage the church today, the church needs to repent the church needs to repent of its sin. Jesus told the church at Laodicea, You are lukewarm. You are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And let me tell you this. History has proven that when things was going good in the church and prosperity, there's growth lacking in the church. But when persecution comes... When the persecution comes, people turn to God, and God begins to move. God has something better for the church than Donald Trump. He's got something better. But wait a minute. Not all churches are going to receive what God has. Why? Because their focus is on another Jesus fostered by another spirit. In the last days they shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. There's a lot of people going to a church today that's preaching another Jesus. It's not the Jesus of the cross. And you can identify these churches because sin is never addressed in the church. Sin is never addressed. And you can talk about how much Jesus loves you and his great gift of salvation, but if the people don't know how to apply it, they'll be applying it to their finances, they'll be applying it to their health, they'll be applying it to this, that, or the other. But Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary is supposed to be applied to the sin in your life. And you can't preach the gospel and ignore sin. You can't do it. Another thing. You cannot abort, murder a million and a half babies since 1972 and expect God not to judge this country. You cannot blatantly go against this book and say it's okay for two men to marry, and I don't care what new program you turn on, they're pushing that envelope. You got two men loving on each other, two women loving on each other, and it's just accepted today as another lifestyle. No, it is not. According to the word of Almighty God, it is an abomination to God and God will judge that sin in this country and unfortunately ladies and gentlemen the church is going to have to go through it and we're going to have to deal with it because way back yonder the church should have stood up the church should have stood up when the abortion thing Roe versus Wade when all that was going on back then the church should have stood up and been the church and, and, and proclaimed its voice during that time when the Bible was took out of the school the church should have took a stand and said no they took the Bible out and unfortunately our kids in the school are getting taught humanism and psychology 
And they are taught against the principles of this Bible that I hold in my hands. And church today, we are seeing the result of it. Where are our kids at in church? Back in the day, the church was full of kids. And now it's not. You send your kids to public school. You raise them up in church. And then you spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to send them off to some university and they turn them against this Bible that I hold in my hands. And then we sit here and wonder why. Why? Why have things turned out the way that they have? You see, when the Lord attempted the first time in Luke chapter 9 he went into Samaria and he sent messengers before his face with one message and that message was Jesus is coming that's the message that you and I today are to take out to this lost and dying world Jesus Christ It's coming. He's coming. And it's closer now than we ever thought it was. The Bible says that they did not receive him. Luke 9 verse 53. Sadly, that's been the case for many down through the centuries from then until now. The world rejects Jesus Christ. And it's not going to change. And the disciples, they became so angry because the people would not accept him. They said, Lord, let us call fire down out of heaven and just burn them all up. How many of you, under the sound of my voice right now, you watch the news and you see what all has gone on in this election? All the underhanded stuff that was going on. You sit there and you watch that and then you... I didn't watch any of it last night. I couldn't. But you sit there and you watch all of that. How does it make you feel? Do you want something bad to happen to these people? Listen to me. If you feel that way, you need to understand that the same demon spirits that were behind the Samaritans' false doctrine and the reason they rejected Christ and told Him to get out of town. The same demon spirits that were behind that are the same demon spirits that influenced the disciples to say, Lord, call fire down out of heaven and kill them all. It is the same spirit, the same spirit that was cheating in this election and doing underhanded stuff is that same spirit that's causing you to feel like you do and it's not right and the Lord rebuked them. Why? Again, he rebuked demon spirits. And he rebuked his disciples because they were under the influence of demon spirits. And if you've got it in your heart to do something ugly and you wish something bad on anybody for any reason, you've come under attack of demon spirits. You need to get that. You need to understand that. And you need to get on your face before God and seek His face. And ask God to help you with these feelings, help you with these emotions. He'll do it. 
I can't help you with it. All I can give you is what this book says. But what did Jesus do in that situation? He went on about his business. He set his face to Jerusalem. But in this of which I've just read to you today in Luke 17, Julie, if you will pull that back up on the screen. Luke 17, verse 11. He passed through Samaria again and entered into a certain village. You see, the Lord did not allow that rejection to stop him from moving forward. Jesus moved on and he tried again. And after the crucifixion and the resurrection, he came back with the disciples. And the disciples said, Lord, when are you going to come back and this, that, and the other? And he said, it's not for you to know those things are in God's hands. He said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Samaria. The third time that God would reach out to these Samaritans. And you're like, well, what was so wrong with the Samaritans? What was so bad? Well, it's a real long history. And I won't take the time to get into all of that. But such a hatred had developed during that time that the Jews would go miles out of the way to avoid the Samaritans. But... Jesus didn't allow all of that politics. He that has an ear, let him hear. Jesus didn't allow all the politics and the racial discord and hatred to keep him from going. And you can't allow the politics, the racial discord, and the hatred to keep you from taking Jesus Christ out to this lost and dying world. You can't do it. Jesus tried again, and church, we're going to have to keep trying. We're going to have to keep pushing forward in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to have to keep lifting up the blood-stained banner of the cross of Jesus Christ because, ladies and gentlemen, it is the only hope for America today. You and I are the only hope for this country and Jesus went into this little village and there met him ten lepers. Had you seen someone in the last stages of leprosy, you would see someone perhaps with their ear eaten off or their nose was gone, their lips eaten away and fingers that had fell off. And God used this disease to portray to mankind the awfulness of sin. Leprosy begins on the inside of the human being and it continues to grow and grow and grow until the whole is consumed and the end result is death. The Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. It starts on the inside. And it spreads until the whole is consumed and the end result is death. Lepers, they were to live alone. 
They were to socially distance themselves from society. And sin leaves one alone. I had a man to call me, I don't know, some weeks ago. He had heard one of the messages and he called me up and he said, Brother James, I need a little advice, I need a little help. And he began to share with me his story of how his brother been on cocaine for the past 40 years. Had a beautiful family, children, beautiful house. He lost everything because of cocaine. He lost his wife, lost his children, lost his house. He said, Brother James, my brother for a couple of months was living in his car. And we're talking about January, February when it's extremely cold outside here in this area. And finally he lost his car. He said, none of my brothers and sisters would take him in and help him. He said, so me and my wife, we brought him into the house and we laid down the rules. We laid down some guidelines and said, you, you can stay here till you can get back up on your feet. He said, Brother James, things were fine for the first week or so. But then certain things got missing around the house. We were laying in the bed at 3 o'clock in the morning, and here he comes stumbling in the door. The alarm's going off, waking up everybody. My wife told me if I didn't do something about it, that we were going to have to separate. He said, Brother James, I just don't know what to do. He said, I've tried to work with my brother. I've tried to deal with him in this problem. And he said, this has been going on now for almost a year. And I don't want to kick him out of the house, he said, but if I don't, I'm going to wind up losing everything I've got, and it's going to mess up my marriage. Brother James, what do I do? He said, and, and, and Brother James, he said, I know I ain't supposed to feel this way, he said, but it's gotten to the place I pure despise my brother, and I, I hate him. What do I do? I said, it sounds like to me you're going to have to use some tough love. You're going to have to give him a stiff kick between the pockets. You're going to have to show him the door. He, well, he ain't going to have nowhere to stay. I said, hey, you make your bed hard. There's some people that you can't help. Now, I know that sounds ugly coming from a preacher, but I know from experience there's some people that you can't help. And if you try to help them, the leprosy that they got is going to rub off on you, then you're going to have it. You're going to lose your marriage. You're going to lose your kids. He said, I was hoping you were going to say that. I'm going to get him out of the house tomorrow. I said, wait a minute. Wait, hold, wait, hold. Back up here a minute now. Wait a minute. You can do the right thing but do it in the wrong spirit. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Let me say it again. You can do the right thing, but do it in the wrong spirit. And if that happens, 
you're only going to make a big problem even bigger and make it worse. I said, my brother, you need to examine yourself. And when you escort him out of the house, you need to do it in love and with tears streaming down your cheeks and not out of hate and discord. And you're going to have to ask God to help you with that. But again, like I said, there's some people that you can't help because they don't want to help themselves. See, when Jesus went into Samaria the first time, he went in there, he wanted to help them people. But you can't help somebody that don't want no help. We don't want you, Jesus. You get out of here. But Jesus kept trying. He kept trying. He went in to this little village of Samaria. There was ten lepers there. Eating up with leprosy. And when they saw Jesus... Glory to God. This world has to see Jesus Christ. This world has to see Jesus Christ. And the only way they're going to see Him is through you and I. That's it. There is no other way. Ladies and gentlemen, we have just flat run out of time for today. Tune in next week for the conclusion. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252 299 4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.